You're listening to Airing Pain, a programme brought to you by Pain Concern, a UK-based charity working to help, support and inform people living with pain and healthcare professionals. This edition's been funded by a grant from the Moffat Charitable Trust. It's not good for you to sit in a house seven days a week, 24 hours a day and speak to no one and not see anyone. Independent living is everyone living the same. People with disabilities are able to have the same quality of life as people who are able-bodied. It's our human right. Chronic pain reduces the quality of life more than almost any other condition. One in four of us diagnosed with it will go on to lose our jobs and in just over one in five cases, chronic pain leads to depression. It was the second most common reason given for claiming the old incapacity benefit. In this edition of Airing Pain, I want to look at what help is available for those whose chronic pain has robbed them of their independence. The Lothian Centre for Inclusive Living, LCIL, is, as its name might suggest, in Edinburgh. Kirsty Henderson is its Information and Communications Officer. It was set up by a group of disabled people who came together who decided that they wanted to use direct payments as a means of having choice and control over their care and support. That was a relatively new thing that was happening at the time, direct payments. It was very much rooted in their experience and the organisation is still a user-led organisation. We're, we're part of the independent living movement in Scotland. Um, we work closely with other disabled people's organisations to make sure that the voices of disabled people are heard at a, a national level. But we also provide a range of independent living services to support people to live independently in communities of their choice regardless of their impairments as well. My main role is coordinating the information service that we run called Grapevine. Grapevine is the Lothian Centre for Inclusive Living's Disability Information and Advice Service. We're the only specialist disability information and advice service in Edinburgh, we cover Midlothian and East Lothian as well. We were set up in response to the information needs that disabled people have. There's so much information out there and disabled people found that actually trying to pick up what's relevant, find stuff that's that's relevant and, and accessible to them was very difficult. Therefore, Grapevine was set up on the basis that it would respond to their needs, it would recognise their needs, and we very much work on the principles of empowering and enabling disabled people and their supporters so that they can get in touch with us to find out what their rights might be, what their entitlements might be, speak to somebody who is completely independent and will give them that information on a free and confidential basis as well. We provide information in a range of formats, so we have our disability information line. We provide um, more so these days information and advice online via email. We also go out and do outreach talks, talks in the community, and that's quite an important way of actually informing people of their rights to certain entitlements, benefits, services, and a way of getting people into LCIL services as well. But we work from people from the point of view of them as, a, as an individual and finding out from them what their needs are. What are the burning issues that people contact you about? 
In Grapevine, about 40% of our inquiries and our inquiries have risen in this area over the last few years have been in relation to welfare reform and benefit changes. People are concerned about what's happening with some of the changes. People want to know what their rights are to claim these benefits. Some people, and we're really lucky that we have got some really good partnership work happening with some professionals who will actively encourage people to contact us and say, you need to speak to LCIL about what you might actually be entitled to. So in Grapevine, we can actually find out where people are coming from, what their needs are, and say, OK, do a bit of a check to see that they, they are getting the help that they're entitled to. And predominantly, 40% um, of our inquiries are in relation to, to benefits. The main benefit we assist people with was disability living allowance, but with that being phased out and the replacement benefit, personal independence payment, or PIP, as some people have called it, is now taken over from that. We've been helping um, individuals who have perhaps been recently diagnosed with a long-term health condition or have recently been informed about our services and, and they've said, you know, get in touch with the service. They can help you claim what you're going to be entitled to. So we used to help people with their disability living allowance claims. Now we're helping people with their PIP claims. That's been quite a challenge. I mean, as a service, we've had to learn a whole new benefit, a new assessment as part of that benefit. Like the DLA forms, the PIP forms are huge and they can take up to three hours actually to fill in, which is quite a long time. But our advisors, we are kind of trained up and skilled in being able to ensure that we get all the information from people in order for them to make a successful claim and, and get what they're actually entitled to. Kirsty Henderson. Jacqueline Todd is a service user, champion and grapevine volunteer for the Lothian Centre for Inclusive Living. She has fibromyalgia, arthritis and hypermobility syndrome. She told me how these conditions affect her life. I lost my life. I didn't have a life. Um, in pain 24-7. Couldn't walk. I was practically bedridden. The depression that comes with that because your life has changed. I lost my partner of four years because he couldn't handle my illness. Fibromyalgia has so many symptoms, but I think the worst one is chronic pain. It's very difficult for people to understand because it can be a hidden disability. I don't want to say I look normal because that's not right. But I, I was going to say you look absolutely fine to me. Picture how, of health. How am I supposed to know that you're ill? You wouldn't. Nobody would. But, you know, people should be treating others as equals and not just taking things for granted. There's so many illnesses, people with impairments that are with chronic pain and are also... There's so many hidden things and there's there's no facts and figures to show. You know, there's lots of facts and figures to say, oh, you know, so many are in wheelchairs and so many are this, that and the next thing. Nothing for invisible disabilities, which I think is a disgrace, really. I don't know how many times my GP has said to me, you're depressed. Well, yeah, I think you probably would be a bit depressed. I said, keep saying to my GP, I'm not depressed. I'm hacked off. And I'm hacked off because I want to do everything that I could do before. I don't want to stay in the house. I want to go out. Now that social workers, etc., are involved, it's a case of 
well, you're only allowed, you know, your community amount to get you outside for um, eight hours a week. Where is the independence there? If I said that to them, you're not getting out of your house for eight hours in any one week. That's awful. Things have got to change. You know, if you can have a shower or a bath once every three days, do they only wash once every three days? People don't understand. And I think especially with people who are in services which are meant to help us, if they don't understand, then <laughs> I don't know. It's just disgusting, absolutely disgusting. You have to meet the criteria. They don't tell you what the criteria is. They tell you about the indicative budget. I looked it up in the dic dictionary. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Indicative budget? Yes. They're not sure if there's enough funds because of the indicative budget. Still don't understand it. Now the SDS, self-directed support, has come into play, helping us all. Wonderful thing. The champions have been helping to train the people who are training those in, in the council, uh, social workers, um, social care direct, but they've still not got the right answers. What does that say? I was told I would have to wait until next May before I could be reassessed. Why? You know, we can't live on fresh air. People have bills to pay, rents to pay, mortgages to pay, and often that's the priority for that individual when they first come into contact with us. So we can help them with that and, and get things in place for them so that they can pay their bills and whatnot. And then if need be, if they have you know other requirements, we can then refer them on to the likes of the independent living team who support people with care and support needs, can help them set up packages of care and support to use self-directed support to enable them to live the lives they want to lead. I should say, we, we've got quite a big training service within the Lothian Centre for Inclusive Living. All our trainers are actually disabled people themselves, so they have the experience, they have the insight of knowing what it's like to actually live with a long-term health condition or an impairment. So that's quite unique. We train disabled people on how to become an employer of personal assistance so that they know kind of what's expected of them in their role. We also train personal assistants as well, so people who are employed by a disabled person as a, a PA can come on training to find out about the social model of disability, how to ensure that they kind of follow the ethos of what independent living is about so that they, they can enable that individual to to live as independent a life as possible with their assistance. I practically begged and pleaded at the tribunal. I told them they were very unjust and unfair. I told the GP that was interrogating me exactly what I thought of him and that he shouldn't be a health worker at all before I went out of the room in a, in a dreadful state. And I shouldn't have had to have went through that. No one should. It's disgusting, it's a disgrace. People who have an impairment, like mine anyway, they don't have the strength to fight. The people here at LCIL, they were like, you've got to, you've got to go through it, it's your right. So I thought, right, I will, you know, and I did. But it wasn't a nice experience, it was awful. What support and advice do people need 
before going into an assessment. They need to know what's going to be expected of them. They need to know exactly what's going to happen. Because you're frightened. It took me maybe, after I'd had help here, it took me maybe three months before I actually had the guts to phone up. I wish I'd done it a lot sooner. But my independent living officer, you know, kept saying to me, go for it, Jacqueline, you're entitled to this, you know. You need the help, so ask for the help. For people who don't live in Edinburgh, who might be listening to Erin Ping, mm. what advice would you give them? If at all possible, I would ask them to contact the nearest Centre for Inclusive Living, if there is one, and get advice from there. Failing that, if there's not, contact Social Care Direct and be honest. You have to explain what's wrong. A social worker then telephones you and you have to explain what's wrong again and then someone comes out to visit you and you basically tell them your life story and how you're affected by things now. Then I had an OT, an occupational therapist, coming out to see me who was wonderful. Um, I've got all these gadgets now. I've got grab rails in the bathroom. I've got a raised toilet seat. I've got a bed guard. I've got a perching stool in the kitchen. I've got my community alarm, so if I have a fall, I can just get in touch with them right away. And just having those appliances in the house has made a huge difference. And that's independent living? Well, it is, yes, yes. Not sending the re-enablement team out to to shower me and help me to make breakfast for an hour in the morning and then in the afternoon come and help me make lunch for half an hour. That's not being independent, that's being looked after. And I felt, you know, as though they felt sorry for me. That could feel like being a burden. Yes, very much so. You feel kind of unworthy in society and second best and the sort of lowest of classes. That was Jacqueline Todd, and you can find more details of the Lothian Centre for Inclusive Living at their website, which is www lothiancil.org.uk and lothiancil is one word, no spaces. The support she receives and gives there is practical and key to managing the nuts and bolts, if you like, of living independently in what is essentially a bureaucratic society. The Thistle Foundation, also in Edinburgh, supports people with long-term illness or disability to help them cope and regain some control back into their lives but from a different perspective. Linda Douglas is part of their health and wellbeing team. We run lifestyle management courses for people with long-term health problems or um, living in difficult situations. We also do one-to-one sessions for people. We have a gym and exercise classes and um, we can support people in the gym as well. We also run mindfulness courses. And who uses it? Anybody who feels that it would be helpful to come here, people come with all sorts of different conditions and illnesses. I guess we mostly see people who live locally in Craig Miller, but we also see people from all around Edinburgh and further afield. We have run courses, and in fact, two of our team have just come back from running a course near Inverness for veterans. And do service users have to qualify in some way? Not at all, no. If they feel that this service is going to be helpful for them, and we usually meet them 
before they decide on what they'll access here and talk about what's available and a bit about our approach and the way we work. If they feel there's something here that would be helpful for them, then it's open doors for them, yes. I'm John Cunningham. I come here for general fitness. Um, When I first came here, I could hardly walk. I was using a Zimmer. Had a one-to-one with one of the... um, physiotherapist called Diana who had me under her wing for nearly nine weeks before I was allowed anywhere near the gym taking me through basic steps getting me back to walking uh, honestly I never thought I would get back to walking again without Azuma now I'm walking with a stick the um, difference it's made to my life is absolutely unbelievable and this place has been a bit of a godsend for me and what stopped you walking in the first place? I used to be a postman and I was uh, knocked down with a motorbike while I was on delivery. A young lad had come down the pavement as I was coming out of the garden and uh, ran into me and things just went downhill. I ended up getting medical retired. I had uh, a couple of people out from Leith Medical Centre, physiotherapists, and they were massaging my legs, feet, and suggested the Thistle Foundation would be a good idea for me. I was a bit dubious at coming here, to be honest, because I had tried a gym up at my local area up in Gracemount, and it was people that were supremely fit, and I felt totally out of place. I just didn't like the idea of being there where these people were running, doing everything that I wanted to do, but I couldn't do, and I feel out of sorts about that. And when I come here, I was a bit surprised how easy everything was, how welcoming it was, how people treated you, made you feel welcome. Gyms can be very, very intimidating places for people who've never been to a gym. The thought of all those lycra-clad, very, very fit, muscular bodies. And certainly for people like me, that is intimidating. It was very intimidating for me, the fact that I was on a treadmill, very, very low speed, and people either side of me running, getting a tap on the shoulder to basically say, are you finished, can I go on that? And I just felt out of place in there. Uh, it didn't matter what I was trying to do. It was always people that were supremely fit, physically fit. And uh, I just felt very, very intimidated. And I just stopped going. And as I say, when I come here, I was a bit apprehensive, thinking it'd probably be along the same lines. And I was totally surprised how different it was, how welcoming it was, how people went out their way to help you. As I say, I've been coming here about five, six years now, and uh, the difference it's made to me is absolutely outstanding. My life's changed uh, dramatically since I come here. In what way? The fact now that I can get out, I socialise. I found before when I was stuck in the house, I had nobody to talk to. It was me and my wife, and then it come to the thing where we had nothing to talk about because we were seeing each other all day, and basically the conversation just seemed to dry up. Now it's um, totally different. You're going home with stories with people that they sit beside, they tell you things about what's happening with their families, and it's a totally amazing place to come to. I mean, people go out their way to, as I say, to make you feel welcome. You mentioned the gym. It sounds to me as if the social side and the support side is as important as the physical side. Oh, it's very important, yeah. You'd been at work before where you socialise with your friends. When I got medically retired, that was all taken away from me. 
and the fact that everything stopped working, I couldn't go out, I couldn't go anywhere. I just, I really thought my life was was over. Depression is something I'd never heard of. But um, when all this happened, I mean, um, I took a, a fit of depression, and it was unbelievable how um, everything just seemed to get on top of you. Whereas now, completely different. I'm Margaret Hendry, and I'm a volunteer at Thistle Foundation. So why did you come here in the first place as a client? I came here to what was called at that time a back class because I've got chronic problems with my back. And anyway, I went through the class and then I went away and I decided, no, I can do all that myself at home, so I just didn't bother. And then eventually I did come and started coming into classes that other people were in. I did the lifestyle courses, the gym-based ones, and I did uh, branching out. What's a lifestyle course? What is lifestyle? It's a different way of looking at the way you're leading your life and looking to see what changes you can make. It's showing you a different level, if you like, of what you can gain from life. Can you give me an example from things you might have learned? Things I learned is... It's not good for you to sit in a house seven days a week, 24 hours a day and speak to no one and not see anyone. It helps you to come into a group, just come and sit among different people. If you don't want to speak, that's fine, don't speak. Just come and sit. It shows you that you're not on your own, that no matter... How you feel, there is always someone there that can help you to get a wee bit better. And it won't happen overnight. It won't happen maybe in a week, but it will eventually happen. And those people are there and bring you out of the darkness. Because that's all it is. It's just a big dark hole. And the further you go down that dark hole, the harder it is to get out of it. But come to Thistle Foundation and someone will help you get out that hole. And that's what I did. One thing that occurs to me about being in a group of people with similar conditions, that it could degenerate into moaning sessions. That was a, a thing that never happened. People weren't saying, oh, poor me, this is happened to me, this is happened to me. Uh, why is this happened to me? We, we never actually had anything like that. We, somebody would say, well, what happened to you? And you, you told them your story. And they'd either sort of, sort of hear that, things like that, and then they'd maybe tell you a wee bit about yourself. But it was like everything else. Nobody opens up right away and tells you everything that's happened to them. You get wee bits and pieces. And as the group goes on, you do form a wee social group that uh, you start talking about things everyday things, and then family life comes into it. But I've never heard anybody saying, oh, God, I wish I'd had to come here. This has mm -hmm. bothered me, that's bothered me. I've honestly never experienced that in any of the groups I've been in. I found when I started coming in here exercising, it took away the pain. Didn't you add to the pain? It actually took it away. You actually went out as if you were bouncing. You'd maybe come in really, uh, but by the time you'd exercised, you'd met different people, you'd taken time to have coffee, a blether, whatever, you actually floated out. 
you float out in air. And the exercise gets an awful lot easier and it gets your pains get an awful lot better. They never go away, but they're easy enough forgotten. And the advantage of a place like the Thistle Foundation is with a pain management course or therapy, mm -hmm. it stops. This continues. As long as you want to be a member here, yeah. See, I found in the group that I'm in as well, everybody enjoys being here. They actually mm -hmm. look forward to being here. And if they're ill, they miss this place. Mm -hmm. They're desperate to get back. And, and that is something that's totally amazing that people are like that, whereas they're into a thing that they thoroughly enjoy. And if they do miss it, when they come in, they say, oh, my God, I've missed this. Or if they've been on holiday, yeah. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back with the group. And, mm -hmm. and it's an amazing experience, the fact that people from all different walks of life are coming here. Lots of our listeners will not be in Edinburgh. They'll be throughout the UK and throughout the world. What advice would you give them to find a place like this? I wonder if I described our approach, the way we work, um, if that might help people to source the right kind of help because everybody's different. As Margaret said, we have a non-expert uh, approach, which means that we don't believe that we're expert in other people's lives. So we don't advise people or tell people what they should do or changes they should make. But I guess rather we create a space where people can find that out for themselves. We do focus on things people are already doing that's, that's helpful, that's working, so that they can build on that, or if times are particularly difficult, you know, how they are getting through it, how they're coping with it. And so really we're focusing on people's strengths and their resilience, I guess. If people find that ways they're coping are not helpful, which is sometimes the case, then perhaps they might try to want to do something different, and that's where on, on the lifestyle courses anyway we explore the different lifestyle skills, self-management skills, if you like, maybe that, that's where they will find something that is more helpful that they can put in its place. So our focus is on what's working. If it's working, do more of it. If it's not working, do something different. How important is it that people with chronic pain, your clients, seek medical advice before jumping into the gym? We're not medically based, and so, as with any gym, if they're going to join the gym, do a basic health questionnaire, and if there's any information we need further or advice from their GP, then um, people are encouraged to do that. But we really encourage people to pace themselves and listen to their body, and it's important not to push through pain barriers when you're exercising, so underdoing it initially is probably a good way to start and building up slowly from there so that you don't exacerbate the pain. That's easier said than done. I know, yeah. it's not... Yeah, we never said it would be easy. <laughs> um, and I guess that's something, one of the topics that we look at in the lifestyle management courses, pacing. Pacing is a thing I find very hard to do. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a small word, but it's a very, very, very hard thing to get your head around. Yeah, um, I used to have a lot of problems with flare-ups. I used to go every month, bad flare-ups, couldn't move, everything would seize. GPs had to go, come out and give me injections, muscle relaxants to help me get back into a, a routine. Over the last four years, I've not had one flare-up through the gym work. Just come in here and the difference that's made to my life is 
Amazing. To my family, if even my family noticed the difference. And it just shows you that putting in a wee bit work, a wee bit effort, it does help you in the long run. You're doing the treadmill, the exercise bike, mm-hmm. wee bit weights. And it's amazing how a bit of exercise can make your life so easy. John Cunningham. And I just have time to remind you that whilst Pain Concern believes the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you and your circumstances and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. Don't forget that you can still download all editions of Airing Pain from our website. It's painconcern.org.uk. Or you can obtain CD copies direct from Pain Concern. And the website for the Thistle Foundation is www.thistle.org.uk. Last words to Margaret Henry at the Thistle Foundation. You don't have to pay hundreds of pounds for a pair of trainers. You can get the cheapest sand shoes, whatever. You don't have to spend pounds and pounds and pounds on Lycra. And you come and you wear what you're comfortable mm. wearing. As long as you've got really good, decent footwear, that's all you need. You're not only helping the pains in your body, it's like bringing the whole person out. You're not just getting ready feelings that you can actually feel. It's your mental health as well as your physical health. And this is the most wonderful little nest egg. And if I start talking about Thistle Foundation, I go on for hours and hours and hours. So I'm going to stop now (laughs) because I'm just so passionate about this place.